Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, I praise and thank you for all you've given me. Please cover me with the, protect, the protective, precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and increase your Holy Spirit in me with his gifts of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, hunger for prayer, and discernment to help me know your will and surrender to it more completely. Father, please heal my negative emotions and any wounds in my heart and spirit. Send the sword of your Holy Spirit to sever and break all spells, curses, hexes, voodoo, and all negative genetic, intergenerational, and addictive material, past, present, or to come, known or unknown, against me, my relationships, and my family, finances, possessions, and ministry. Father, I forgive and ask forgiveness for my sins and failings, and ask that my whole person, body and mind, heart and will, soul and spirit, memory and emotions, attitudes and values be cleansed, renewed, and protected by the most precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus Christ, I bind and break the power and effect in, all, in and around me and any and all evil spirits who are trying to harm me in any way. I command these spirits and their companion spirits in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to leave me peacefully and quietly. Jesus, I thank you for the healing the effects of these spirits in and around me. Dear Holy Spirit, please fill any void in me with your overflowing great love. All this, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, by the guidance of your Holy Spirit. Immaculate Heart of Mary, Spouse of the Holy Spirit, please pray for me and with me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Brad. And this is, again, Real Presence Live, coming to you from the University of Mary Butler Building in Fargo. And we are so glad to be with you. Brandon Clark, one of your hosts, joined by... Brad Gray. Brad Gray, the infamous Brad Gray. The infamous. That's, uh, from the three amigos, that's more than famous. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are. We're the B-Squad, right? We're the two amigos. <laughs> Well, Brad, we have a great show coming up for our listeners this morning. We're going to go through a gospel reflection as we continue through the season of Christmas. Uh, we'll, we'll start that out with the show. We have a, a book review with Joe McGivney um, talking about his story of alcohol, alcoholism, miraculous healing, and God's infinite power and love. That'll be really good. We also have a fan favorite, Mr. Dr. Ray Garendi. Yes, Mr. Doctor. <laughs> Mr. Doctor, uh, who's going to be coming up. And then we are also going to be talking about uh, a new book, Exploring St. Joseph's Life. Mm, so awesome. really great show. Really want to encourage everybody to tune in. And uh, we also have our first guest on the line Our this third morning. amigo, I think Our it third is. amigo. Good morning, Steve Splonskowski. Are we the three amigos today? We are yes. the three amigos. <laughs> Not to be confused okay. with the three musketeers. <laughs> Well, us three musketeers are pretty cool, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How are you doing this morning, Steve? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well. So what we wanted to do this morning for our listeners uh, is, is do a little bit of a roundtable. And uh, we had read through the, the gospel reading this morning and thought that would be really great to just share some reflections on it. We're also in this season of Christmas, uh, continuing through the season of Christmas. So we want to make sure that we uh, share some reflections on the Christmas season as well here for this first half hour. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start by reading the, today's gospel from the Gospel of John, and then we will uh, dive into sharing some reflections. Love it. So reading from the gospel according to John. John was standing with his two disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. 
The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who had heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John, and you will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, gentlemen, there's obviously a lot to unpack here. Steve, we've got you joining by phone, so we'll begin with you. Uh, what, what reflections do you have coming out of this Gospel reading today? This is so packed full, Brad and mm-hmm. Brandon, that it's just uh, amazing. Um, but the place I want to start, really, is when Jesus turns to them and says, What are you looking mm-hmm. for? Yeah. And I, I often think, like, throughout my day, I have these moments where it might be the smallest moment where it's like, okay, I'm sitting at my desk working. I just I need to change the venue. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk around because I'm just I need to do something different. Or I sure wish I had a snack. Or man, a drink of water would be great right now. Those are small little things where I feel like in, during the day I'm looking for something different. Right? I, de- I desire something different than what I'm receiving at this exact moment. Those are small examples. But then there's big examples in my life where it's like, man. I just, where am I going in my life, and, and what's going on, and how am I supposed to handle this difficult situation, and in all of those situations, from the smallest to the most profound uh, difficulty, I feel like the Lord is saying to me, what are you looking for? And in some of the translations, he says, what do you seek? Mm. And so that's a question that the Lord is asking me, and, and, and following that, if, if I'm open to the Lord's response, if I, if I say to the Lord, oh, uh, what do I seek? Oh, Lord, <laughs> you know what I seek. As St. Augustine would say, Lord, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And then I have this encounter with him because I'm open to what he actually wants to give me. And this is the second point that stands out to me in this reading where they say, randomly in the middle of the reading, it was about 4 o'clock in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I guess, I guess when he was writing the scriptures, he just looked up and like, oh, 4 o'clock, I'll just write that down. Better put that no. down. No. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, no, that wasn't it. When you have an encounter with the Lord, you remember it. Mm. You want to remember it. You even want to remember the time. I remember it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I got up. I was thinking, man, I really need something different in my life. And I looked to the Lord, and he's like, what do you seek? I'm like, oh, wait, Lord. All that I'm seeking is you, and I remember that. So those are a couple of things that stood out to me. Yeah, that's really good. I, I often have that reflection, uh, the, the remembering the encounter with the Lord when I go on retreat. You know, there's things that, that the Lord shares with me and lays on my heart that just linger with me, mm. but I always know where that came from. So I, I love that you brought that up. Brad, what, how about you? What, what are some of your reflections? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was equally struck by that, that first phrase of that just, what are, you, what are you looking for? And I just realized, you know, so much of my day, I, I'm, I'm not really looking for the Lord. And, and especially when I encounter problems and trials, a lot of times I, I'm inclined to think that I'm alone here. Like, like I have this, this monumental, colossal crisis that I have to deal with, and I have to uh, you know, figure out my way through, uh, and I'm utterly alone in trying to resolve that. 
Um, and I forget that ultimately the, the focus of every second of my life is to be drawn closer to the Lord Jesus and that he's right there with me, you know, in all of it, that every single event and instance is intended to be a moment of encounter with him. Um, and I, I just, it was a great, uh, um, I don't know, a, a call, a summons to me to, to once again redirect my heart, you know, whether it be, you know, being on the radio right now or, you know, responding to emails later on today or whatever it might be. Like, what am I looking for? Ultimately, why am I doing this? And, th- and that, doesn't, that doesn't take us away from the task that we're, that we're doing. In fact, it drives us deeper into it with a certain intentionality. You know, like, like it's not just the, there's the, the phrase that, you know, those who are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. It's the exact opposite. Like, when, when we really have what it is we're about, which is to, to, to be serving and honoring and, and encountering the Lord Jesus, we realize that everything that's put in front of us at every moment is intended to be done uh, with him and for him and as an act of love and, and devotion to him, you know? Yeah, well, I think that's a great point. And when you say that, I think about John 6, right? After many of Jesus' followers have left and he turned to the ones who remained and was like, are you going to leave too? Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, but Lord, you, you know, where else will we go? Right. Um, it's really just like, what are you looking for? And then the question is, where are you staying? Like, we, we just, we want to be with you. Mm, yeah, where are you at? Yeah. And my reflection kind of uh, circles back around on this as well. And it's really just thinking about John standing with his two, two disciples. Jesus walks by and he says, behold, the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. And I think about this on, on two fronts. I think about it as a father, right? Uh, John was standing with two of his disciples. I have two children. So I, as a father, am called to disciple my children to raise them up in the faith, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think that's important as we, as we bring our children to, to Mass and we pray with our children and we teach them to pray having that encounter with the Lord, right? They're, they're obviously, later on in life, they're, they're going to have to choose to have that personal relationship with Jesus, but, but helping build that along the way. And, and you know, I just love when, <laughs> when my daughter at night just says, I love you, Jesus. Like, mm. it's so precious and it's so pure. And, it, it, like, she completely means it. Um, and the other thing I was thinking about with this is just the importance of surrounding ourselves with good men, right? So John was standing with two of his disciples, three men, right, who are, who are seeking the Lord, who are living out the faith. Jesus walks by, he sa- and John says, behold the Lamb of God, right? So this, this encouragement to go and follow like, this is who you seek. And I think we talk a lot about this, Steve, in, in Made for Greatness, right? As, as men coming together and pursuing the Lord so that we can be better fathers, we can be better husbands, and, and better Catholics overall. I think it's a great point, Brandon, that you make uh, about, you know, being with men who are seeking the Lord. And, and this actually goes back to the same story. John saying, behold the Lamb. Mm-hmm. And what's their response? They follow Jesus immediately. Why? Because this whole time working with John, being his disciple, being his follower, they'd been prepared for this moment. They knew exactly what that meant. The Lamb of God in Jewish, right? The Lamb, they, they mm-hmm. would, there was this Lamb that was always offered up as an offering for sin offering. And for John to call Jesus the Lamb of God, it's like the wording was, this is the Messiah. Right. We've just been told in few words, because we've been traveling together this entire time, that this is what we've all been waiting for. And I love the other part where John is basically saying to them, 
saying to them, gentlemen, it is now time for you to go to the next level. It's now for you to move on. This was not all about me. This was not. This was a preparation for him. And gentlemen, now you need to follow Jesus, the Messiah. And that is part of our work in working with our brothers, too, is it's not about them having a relationship with me. It's not about them liking me or liking, you know, what I do or who I am. It's about them encountering Jesus so that when he says to them, what are you looking for? What do you seek? They follow him immediately and introduce him to others as well. Mm, I love that. I, and, and kind of going back to that, behold the lamb, the way that struck me, because that was uh, equally, I was, I, was, I was captured by that. Um, you know, as, as one who just uh, loves scripture study, who, who's gone into this, you know, I, I think, you know, it certainly harkens back to this, this sacrificial lamb that you're talking about, Steve. And, and the Lord God has used this motif of a lamb going all the way back through salvation history. You know, we have at the, in, the, in the garden, you have Adam and Eve falling, and then God promising that he would essentially send a savior, a seed of the woman, right? And that you find, find that refined and honed in the story of Abraham where God makes a pledge that through Abraham's seed, the world would receive blessing. And we, of course, know that that winds up being Isaac. And then God, after, after Abraham's waited 90-some years to receive this, this heir that was promised both to him and also all the way back to Adam and Eve, then God tells him to go and slaughter his son Isaac, the one who is supposed to be the vehicle of salvation for the entire world. And, and Abraham is obedient. He responds, and he as he's going up the mountain with Isaac, his son, Isaac asks him, you know, here's the wood for the sacrifice, and, uh, you know, but where is the lamb? And we all know Abraham's response is God will provide himself the lamb, right? And they get up to the, the top of the mountain. He binds Isaac, and as he's about to plunge the knife, the angel of the Lord stops him and, uh, and says, I know now that you are faithful, that you believe in me. And so he unties him, and they spy a ram in the thicket that then they slaughter instead of, instead of Isaac. So Isaac is saved, but it still hasn't quite been the lamb of God. We're still waiting for this lamb. You see it again in the Passover, where it's the, the lamb that has to be slaughtered. Like, this is, when, when, when John says, behold the lamb, he's encapsulating all of human history here and saying, what you've been looking for, not only your own entire life, but the, the in corporate life of all of humanity, it's here right now. And I just thought, for me, it was so powerful because we have, I know we have in this, our own family right now, a, a moment where we've had sick kids for a year, more than that. We've got a daughter that's dealing with diabetes and lots of other problems. And sometimes it just seems like God isn't acting. God isn't there. You know, he's, prom- he's made promises, but, you know, are we going co- to fulfill those? And you have this incredible, pivotal moment in human history where John is saying, behold the lamb, the one that you have longed for all your life, the one that all of your fathers have longed for all of their lives. He's here right now. God is faithful. God is true. And now just let him act. On that point, let's put a bookmark there. We'll continue after the break with more reflections on the gospel and also on the season of Christmas. We are still in the season of Christmas and there is much fruit to Mm. gain as we continue through. So stay with us on Real Presence Live and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? 
Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. If you have ever been through the hell of deep darkness and suffering, like the suicide of a loved one, do you know that your experience may be helpful to someone else? I'm Father Chris Alar. Mercy is defined as a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it does something about it. And when you exercise the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, you are truly loving your neighbor. Jesus said, when a soul approaches me with trust, I fill it with an abundance of graces that it cannot contain it within itself, but radiates them to other souls. Let us show you how to be that radiator and find healing for yourself in the process. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us as we continue our Real Presence Live program this morning coming to you from the University of Mary Butler Building. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Clark, joined by... Brad Gray, right Brad here. Gray, the B-Squad. That is us. The B-Squad is we are back. that. <laughs> uh, right now, we're breaking down today's gospel reading coming to us from the Gospel of John, where John was standing with two of his disciples, and uh, as Jesus walked by, John said, Behold the Lamb of God. His two disciples heard what he said. They followed Jesus. Now, there's another thing that we haven't talked about yet, Steve, and that's that they went and they stayed with him. However, right after that, it says Andrew first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of, you know, Andrew could have gone and, and just been with Jesus, mm-hmm. right? But first, he thought it was so important to go and find Peter and say, come with me. We have found what we're looking for. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Uh, we talked about this camaraderie, this band of brothers that are required, you know, really, in order to grow in relationship with the Lord, it requires us to have relationships with one another. We can't love what we can't see if we can't love what we can see. And so we have this Andrew is going to his brother and saying, you know, isn't that interesting? Right away, Andrew, he makes a proclamation of faith. We have found the Messiah. Mm, yeah. Had anyone up to that point, at least from the Scripture, no one had said to him specifically, this is the Messiah. Um, and he makes this ac- this acclamation of faith to Peter, we have found the Messiah, which later Jesus says to Peter, right, who do you say that I am? 
and he says, you are the Messiah. Mm. So it's, it's interesting, this act of faith that, that Andrew makes, and Peter responds to, and of course, this whole thing of Jesus knowing Peter immediately, and, and giving him a name, which of course we know the significance of naming something in Scripture, of naming something in Scripture is like gives you authority. There's an authority to a name, and there's a relationship to a name. If we don't know somebody's name, it's hard to have a relationship with them. And so right away, Jesus is basically saying, Peter, I know you. Um, and there's an invitation to that. That's profound, Brad. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was just definitely struck by this uh, part with Andrew going off in the sense that... Um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't content to just then himself follow Jesus. Like, you know, sometimes I think we can fall into this notion that the spiritual life is all about a me and Jesus type of encounter. Or, or perhaps, you know, for, for those of us who are Catholic and who recognize the value of the church, that, that it's me and Jesus and his church, right? That, that it's all about um, encountering the Lord in my prayer, in the sacramental life of the church, and so on. Um, and I was just struck by that that, that wasn't enough for Andrew and and I just finished the catechism in a year with Father Mike Schmitz, you know, this last year. Woo! Yeah, it was awesome. It was so so good. <laughs> it was such a rich rich experience, especially the last couple of weeks. Like the Lord was just really moving in my heart, and, and really throughout the whole year, there were so many things I took away. But one of the things toward the end that he had he had said, um, and I, I suspect that Father Mike was taking this phrase from somewhere else, but I had not heard it before, where he said, "If you're you're if you're not on mission, you're not Christian." And I was, I was so moved by like that. Like, like it's, it's not enough for us as followers of Jesus to be spiritual, to be uh, religious, to be faithful. If we don't also put on the mind of Jesus, as St. Paul exhorts the Christians, to put on the mind of Christ. And what is the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ? It is aching and pounding for every single person on this planet. Like, if we don't, if we don't have the same sort of hunger that everyone should know Jesus, that, that I have, that I, that I yearn to have, then we're not actually being obedient to him. Mm. You know, like there's, there's an absolute, it's, it's not like, you know, do I have dessert after the meal or do I not? Well, it's fine, you know, if I don't have dessert, I'm still nourished, I'm still fed, and I, I've still, you know, had a nice meal. It's not an optional add-on to be on mission. It is essential to the character of a Christian to be on mission, to both encounter the Lord, but then to want to bring others to him. Mm. Wow. So I just want to encourage all of our listeners this morning, if you haven't had a chance to read the gospel and sit and reflect with it, uh, take some time, take just a couple of minutes to do that and, and hear what the Lord is saying to you through this. Uh, I do want to, we, we've got a few minutes left here. I do want to make sure that we spend some time reflecting on the season of Christmas because while the rest of the world has moved on to Valentine's Day, we're still celebrating here in this season, uh, and rightly so, right? We've been given the greatest gift that we could possibly get. So, Steve, any reflections that you'd like to share on the season of Christmas, how this season's been going for yourself? Well, this is actually, even the Gospel reading today is still part of this this Christmas message. Yesterday, uh, the, the message was John, who was talking about how when he first encountered Christ, um, before the baptism, he did not recognize him. He did not know... He, he, did, he did not realize um, who he was at this moment. He, he, just, he basically says, this is the encounter with the Lord, and it was, I was only able to recognize him through the Holy Spirit. 
through that encounter that he actually go back. When was John's first encounter with the Holy Spirit? The visitation when Mary came to Elizabeth and the child left in her womb. That child was John, and he is he is the herald of Christ. He is the herald of his coming at Christmas, and so we're hovering around hovering around this Christmas story, leading all the way up to Christmas. Oh, every Sunday gospel reading was a different gospel reading about John and his, his encounter and his, 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 well, his preparing this encounter for the Messiah. Every gospel, or every Sunday was a different reading from the different gospels. It was like, wasn't we read that last Sunday? Well, yeah, but it was from a different gospel. And it was different, leading all the way up to, then we have Christmas where Jesus comes, and now we're, we're wrapping around this whole thing of, he has come at Christmas, but we're continuing to wrap around that. Because Christ, of course, is the center of all things. He is the center of all that we do all year round. You know, that sense of we should have Christmas in our heart all year round. Absolutely. Christ is the center of our lives. And so we're just wrapping around that. We're not even moving away from that. We're having these little kind of sharing the different personal encounters. We're going from the encounter of John yesterday to the, the encounter today of Andrew and the, and the encounter of Peter with the Messiah. And so th- that's the invitation to continue during this Christmas season uh, to look for that encounter with Jesus. John Paul II talks a lot about really contemplating the face of Jesus. And if you think about that, if you look at the manger scene, the only thing you could see of Jesus was his face because he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, which literally meant he was wrapped up so tight that his legs and moves could, arms could not move. All you could see was his face. And so John Paul II talks about contemplate the face of Jesus as Mary and Joseph would. And this is what's happening here. They're contemplating this encounter with Jesus. Imagine, I always imagine the scene where Jesus is walking away, and they're following him, and he turns. He doesn't turn his whole body. He just turns his face over his shoulder and looks at them and says, what are you looking for? What do you seek? Mm. Contemplate the face of Jesus. I think that's the invitation for these days after Christmas. What is Jesus calling you to do what is he asking me to do and how will i respond ah i love that brad that's that's powerful that's a beautiful reflection for me to take today for for my prayer time just just to gaze upon the face of jesus nothing nothing more lovely nothing more transformative that that uh, we could possibly encounter Uh, as i was thinking about the christmas season um you know one of the things that that struck me is um you know we're we're toward the beginning of the liturgical year uh, as people probably know, that we started the, the new liturgical year with Advent back at the end of end of November, beginning of December. I don't remember when, when it fell exactly, <laughs> but right there. Um, and, and it's just one of the things that I love about the liturgical year, this rhythm of life that the church has has us enter into, is that, that we really do get to basically live out not only the life of Jesus every year, but the, the, the scope of human history. Um, you know, so that in Advent, we're, we're kind of, uh, at least in part, we're, we're experiencing the whole time from Adam and Eve all the way up to the coming of Jesus, where we're longing for and yearning for this, this Messiah, this Savior, this Redeemer. But one of the things that's so cool about this is that even in that period of preparation, and we find it again in Lent, um, that's already punctuated by the presence of Jesus. Like Steve, you had said that Jesus is at the center of everything. Now, like now that now that Christ has come, the world is changed. And that's one of the things that was my prayer leading up to Christmas this year throughout Advent is like, Lord, I want to enter into that joy, the real joy that we should experience in Christmas, in Jesus coming. I don't want to be numb to it. 
as I so often am, um, because, you know, we get so accustomed to it. And so the, the thing that's so cool is, like, the church has this, you know, in, uh, in Advent, the Gaudate Sunday, this, this joyful, this hopeful Sunday. And then even in Lent, when we have this period of, of, of desolation and, and, and purification, there's Laudate, Laudate Sunday, this joyful Sunday. Like, even this, these trials, these senses of absence are punctuated, that, but, but Jesus is here. Jesus is present. Right? So I was just kind of struck by, by that fact that, cr- that Christmas is this awakening, this, this experience of everything that I seek for is here right now. Hmm. That's really good. I have a little bit of a different reflection, and it's a, it's a situation that actually happened to me on Christmas Day. And uh, we were with my, my dad's side of the family, and we were having a great time eating lots of food, opening presents. And my daughter <clears throat> decided she was going to swallow a quarter. Mm. So nice. we ended up in the emergency room for six hours that day trying to figure out what the next steps were going to be. So my reflection for that day was just gifts, right? So obviously we were opening presents that people gave us, but I couldn't help but reflect on the many gifts that we had been given in my daughter swallowing that quarter. Mm. The first one being it didn't block her airway. We were able to get to the emergency room and, uh, and not have to call an ambulance um, and so, so that was the first gift. And then we sat there because she had eaten, and so the anesthesia could, couldn't be done after, until a certain amount of time had passed. And before we were about to do the procedure, which they would have had to put her under, and then they would have had to go in with a, a scope and, then, and pull it out, they did an x-ray again, and the quarter had moved from her, her throat down into her stomach. Oh. And so we didn't even have to do that. Thanks for God. And so my reflection at the end of that day and, and, and just, just continuing throughout Christmas has been we receive so many gifts on a daily basis. We really need to take time to count our blessings. And it, doing Exodus 90 right now, uh, we're called to do an exam at the end of the day. Mm. And one of the first parts we do in the exam is to thank God for the many blessings. So that's my invitation personally to listeners is to count your blessings at the end of the day. Uh, we receive so many gifts from God. He is a, I heard this on retreat, he is, he is wasteful in his love for us. Mm. He just loves us so abundantly. And uh, I think it's important to reflect on that. So awesome. Steve, we've got to head to a break, but I just want to say thanks so much for being on with us for a few minutes this morning. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, brothers. Uh, God bless. Have a great day. You too. All right. And to our listeners, we got to step away for a break. But when we return, we're going to be talking about another miracle, a miracle of battling against alcoholism, finding healing, and God's infinite power and love. You won't want to miss this story when we return on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. As the new year begins, now is the time to add some predictability to your life by establishing your will and estate plan. More than two-thirds of all adults have no plan. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. We have some practical tools to help you in preparing your plan. Please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. It's a matter of just getting started. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Acts 1-8, Jesus tells the disciples to go back to Jerusalem 
You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The word translated as power is also the root for our word for dynamite. Jesus is promising an explosive power that will enable us to witness to the nations and live a powerful Christian life. That same powerful Holy Spirit is received in baptism and confirmation. As baptized and confirmed Catholics, we already have all we need to live life through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we remove the obstacles of our own understanding and lack of preparation and move with the Holy Spirit into the mission He has given us, we will change the world. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope.